Keep up with Drake Digital on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DrakeHallMemphis.com. Drake Valentine's playing the Day. best rock and roll ever made. Shut up, dude. <laughs> Interrupting me like that, man, it's wrong. Valentine's Day tweets from various people to begin. Uh, Valentine's Day. Hi. This show will not be probably playable for replay, but whatever. It's just one day <laughs> a year, right? Valentine's Day tweets. This is Jody. It says, will you be my Valentine or at least marry me? <laughs> or at least, <laughs> at okay. Least. <laughs> this is from you, period. My son Charles just said, Mommy, I might need 20 bucks. I'm like, okay, what for? He goes, for a Valentine's Day gift. I'm like, okay, what are you buying? He says, I'm not buying anything. I'm giving four girls $5 each. <laughs> she says, L-M-F-A-O-O-O-O-O, boy, get out my face, seriously. <laughs> boy, get out my face, good mommy. I love Valentine's Day because I love love. This surprise is many, as I also love hate. 10 <laughs> That's you. Uh, last week, I was trying to buy lingerie for a man to wear on Valentine's Day. He is now blocked. A waste of time. <laughs> um, Gemini says, I'm confused on why my man ain't asked me to be his Valentine yet. Uh, that was on January 21st, honey. You just, oh. just <laughs> That's why. Okay. So... For the past 20 years, I've received a Valentine's card from the same secret admirer. So I was pretty upset when one didn't come this year. First, my granny dies, now this. <laughs> Priorities, honey. Priorities. Bobby, at Cooked Grandpa, says, I quit. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's I all he said. Okay. Toxic King says, quoting, I hope y'all chocolates melt on Valentine's Day. Hey. <laughs> That's not very nice, dude. Yeah. yeah don't have to well, many me. people don't. This, If you're alone and sad, and and th this can be a, a real waste of time for some people, but, you know, some people like it. I am so happy to be uh, on Valentine's Day because I work, and I'm going to tell my customers that my boyfriend dumped me. So I tried to cover another girl's shift, and I'm going to get so many pity tips. There you go. That's the way That's to do smart. it. That's smart. That's working. I wanted to ask this guy on a date for Valentine, so I texted him. And he was free, or asked him if he was free on on the day. He replied, why do you ask? Do you need a distraction? Ha, ha, ha. Then she says, are men stupid? Are they born stupid? That, yes. Is there a school to learn how to be stupid? Just yes. straight up stupid. I hated her. <laughs> oh my god! The, the answer we, is yes to all of those questions. We, we we don't get it. You have to make it very blatant, or we're not going to get it. You really do have to make it in black and white because men don't have a lot of gray areas sometimes. Um, True. Well, you know, it's just got to be pretty plain. Yes, men deserve to get gifts as well for Valentine's Day, but the gifts have to be less expensive than the girl's gift. So, if he buys you flowers, you buy him grass. <laughs> Sounds not, fair. Not no, the yeah. weed kind. I mean, oh, like grass, grass. Oh, oh, okay. oh, well. From your yeah. yard. <laughs> Valentine's Day in grade school 
was ten times better than it than, than it is now. <laughs> Remember when That's you had to go out and, and just buy that little bag of cards for everybody in your class? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody got one, even the boys. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, that probably turned. But never, I won't even say that. So anyway, those are happy Valentine's Day. We have uh, a number of stories and uh, and things to get to. And music to uh, enhance your morning, we hope, uh, about Valentine's Day. Various forms, various kinds. Songs about love, songs about hearts, songs about things like that. Just cause. It's, this happens only once a year. And it is, uh, by many accounts, a stupid waste of time. Now, this morning I awakened to flowers and a card by my Aww. coffee. How nice. Yes. Good. And then I um, did something also pretty nice um <laughs> which you can't say because she's listening <laughs> she, well, she's downstairs now because the damn dogs are up but she's already <laughs> but uh i i always go out of my way because she deserves it because she puts up with this shit every day so uh, <laughs> I, the way i see it it's you know thank you um but this should not just be once a year for god's sake it should be every day that's why right. some folks find this to be a stupid holiday and I'm trying to find this chick that was on um, a show that she announced her a divorce and made some comments about Valentine's Day and its entire worthlessness. Oh, and really? some folks, oh. <laughs> uh, she announced on the uh, Gutfield show, he's an annoying little Brit, right-wing extremist lunatic. He's kind of funny sometimes. But this lady was on his show. She's a frequent guest and a Fox anchor, I think. Um, but she tweeted out that she had to make this big announcement at some point in the show. And I think he asked her, because they had a Valentine's Day special, and he asked her about Valentine's Day. And she said, fuck Valentine's Day, it's a stupid holiday. Then she announced she was getting divorced on television. <laughs> and that was her love for her soon-to-be ex-husband. And I guess they can talk like that on that show, I don't know, but um, she was very profane, and um, it, but it, but it was funny because she just didn't doesn't care anymore. So um, some folks had that attitude, and some don't. So it's up to you. It it, it is your call. But we will um, we will uh, uh, accept any text of love offering checks wherever you see <laughs> yes. fit. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. That would include text for lawyer bill. This that'll be Thursday, not today. Because because Thursday isn't Valentine's Day, and Bill is not here today, but he's here Thursday. Is that clear? Yeah, it's clear. Yes, I, I'm, I wasn't sure if it was or not, but yeah, you got um, it. Super Bowl. I mean, the superb owl was it? <laughs> I've seen yeah. that out there. I loved that. The superb owl. <clears throat> I guess this began with a typo, uh, or Some someone being cute about how the Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, slams down on anyone using their right. logo and trademark and sound and yeah, hints right. of them, their scent, their fragrance, yeah. whatever. Yeah, the NFL is in a news story today. We have um, some record ratings, some record betting. My gosh. Memphis and May news. Um, and as that, as this mess continues, it will likely be signed and a done deal by the end of the day today. Because this is February the 14th, and May is not far away, if my calendar is correct. So we'll get to some of these stories about the Mid-South Coliseum, 
and other news events, entertainment events, and things like that. In the meantime, the fun part of this is the music. On days like this, you can kind of pick and choose and play some cynical things and some funny things and uh, just things from every generation and, uh, and just explore with the music. We'll begin with Chris Christofferson and Dean Martin. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. How many of you losers are waiting for Walgreens to open? Raise your hand. Don't lie. <laughs> Some are. I have to. I have to admit that I um I kind of showed my ass at Walgreens yesterday, and I don't apologize for it because I'm tired of stupid ass, dumb, slow people. Uh, I went in there to get some stuff, not Valentine stuff. I had that covered, but they, everybody and their mama was in there buying balloons, buying cards, buying candy. Uh, they had one checker and 15 people in line. And I Gosh. yelled at this gal who's the manager and she walked away from me, ignoring me entirely. Can yeah. you get somebody up here to check? She kept walking. I said, Hey, she walked into the office and ignored me totally. So as the line continued to grow, a lady finally came up to the other place to check people out. And nobody in that line moved. Now, I suppose, as my wife said, I might have been discourteous under the assumption that people would move over to get in the line by the other checkout line. Does that sound unreasonable? Well, there was it's, one it's, person no, at the counter. People have to be told. There was one person at the counter, and, and they all just stayed in the same line. So I said, F this, and walked up there, and some lady beside me said, you can, no, 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 you get back in the line, you're cutting a line. I said, then get over here and start a new line. Exactly. You did? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so this well, was like watching me I, being scared. I was so pissed. It, it's set up, it, it's one of those places set up where you've got a separate line for each register instead of waiting in one line and you go to the next free register. But wouldn't you think it makes common sense if somebody yeah. shows up at the other one to make a new line? Yep. Okay. Even if so they don't I wasn't say, I can help they just, they just stood there with their finger up their ass, and then she got, <laughs> got ugly with me, and I got right back in her face. And then I thought I should try to catch her and apologize for being a douche, but I just didn't care. Get over in the other line, and let's move this along. So, I guess I'll be going to a new Walgreens for a while. I get <laughs> so, I just, you probably this, should. It's a weird sight. I know sight everybody in there. The, 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 the other checker just standing there at the cash, cash register and no one coming up to her. Right. And she could have said, you know, form a line over here. Or How next hard in is line, that to do? please. Uh, it, yeah, and, and they so, should. But, I mean, still, if somebody walks well, up, you're right. If they're not counting money or doing the drawer... To, and about to walk away to make a bank deposit, you psh, people should know they can go over there and get checked out. And, and you right might know everybody left, at that. This lady who was who had walked up to check, she had to go to the phone twice and tell somebody in the camera department, or it's. For, uh, she had to answer this question twice. They didn't get it still, so she had to walk away from the new line and go help some dumbass over in the picture department. It was. It's just an. They're understaffed. It's yeah. just an incredibly dysfunctional mess. Um, but there's a Walgreens up on State Line. I may be going there for a while to to hide my shame <laughs> for wait. being a dick. Don't so, wait till uh, the last minute, Mr. Hall. 
I didn't, Sydney. I had all <laughs> you of said my you stuff went yesterday. done. <laughs> I went to Walgreens to buy other stuff. They don't have oh, other stuff. Oh, um, they've got me. more than just Valentine's crap. Pardon me. Yeah, pardon your at you damn right, pardon me. I didn't wait for the last minute. I plan ahead. I got my act together. I know. That's why I was surprised. Okay, I'm right, sorry just, to assume. Just, just don't start with me. So now I'm getting all pissed off again because these effing morons. And now you in my ass. Thanks. <laughs> A yarn shop? She sells yarn. I don't yarn. need this. I don't need this. Okay. Uh, here's one more scam to avoid. If you're trying to buy this morning uh, some candy chocolates to give your loved one a diabetic coma, which should be your goal for the day. Uh, you should realize when you're buying these Whitman's, you know, sampler thingies, how much space the packaging takes oh, up. Oh, 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 yes. There's a picture of this here. It is heart-shaped. There are one, two, three, four, seven. There are 10 pieces of candy in a giant heart-shaped box at the very, very bottom of it. The plastic part in there took up. This guy pulled out all the crap in there and was left with 10 pieces of candy. This is called slack fill when the packaging overwhelms the content inside. So be careful what you're buying because you're buying a box of plastic Mm -hmm. and a few pieces (laughs) of candy. So uh, that is your warning for today. Uh, But I guarantee you there are people out there Walgreens is probably open by now, so are on the way home. You, right. you, you got you got mm-hmm. time to not f this up with your partner before the end of the day. So that's just advice from us, because if you blow this, well, it's not really a good idea. <laughs> uh, the uh, superb Al was at fifty-seven. The, this this football game, mm-hmm. which was um, like everybody had uh, forecast, an incredible game. And there, there are lots of uh, fingers to point. They, their people are uh, disgusted by the the uh, holding call at the end of the game. I think that that is just just wrong. The uh, Chiefs uh, out coached the Eagles. They scored, I guess, on all all their their um, second half uh, possessions, and they were they were just remarkable to watch. Very smart coaching, very smart, and uh, Pat Mahomes is. An incredible football player, and that mm-hmm. was really, really. But um, the TV ratings were magnificent, and Fox is excited. What's the scoop on that? How many folks watch this on various platforms? Well, Sydney? preliminary numbers yesterday said 113 million people. Whew. So it's the third most watched uh, Super Bowl, and you know, yeah, I forget. Or TV that- show ever, right? I think so. I, yeah. I forget. I forget that the it jumps around to different stations every year. Um, the record is at 114 and some million in 2015 with Patriots. New England and Seattle on NBC, and, followed and by two the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, Patriots and Atlanta Super yeah. Bowl 51 on Fox. So the Fox had two of those, so they ought to be excited. Um, this was Fox's tenth. Super Bowl since it started airing NFL games in 94 and the second most watched program, yeah, in Fox Sports history. So they're doing cartwheels. Um, <clears throat> and then this year's digital feed averaged a Super Bowl record 7 million streams, an 18% increase over last year. Which is a, double. a positive enforcement, I think, about how many people are going that, that, that route like us. Mm-hmm. Um, because a few years ago, 
<clears throat> it was under <clears throat> about a half million. This time it was 18%, right, of the audience. An Watch 18% this increase, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, 7 million, yeah. And then, uh, and more than double their last Super Bowl, which was in 2020, and that was down at 3.4 million. So, huh. um, yeah, the, the, the first Super Bowl to be streamed in 2012, 346,000. <laughs> so it's increasing. Streaming <laughs> is, is, is a happening thing. Yeah. The uh, gambling on this was also a record. FanDuel took in 50,000 bets per second at their peak. <laughs> 50,000 wow, bets per second. DraftKings paid out to one person 2.7 million bucks on the Chiefs to win. Uh, the rapper Drake, no, no kin to me, bet a million bucks on the Chiefs to win and bet about 2 million bucks in total. Uh, by comparison, I bet a hundred and sixty bucks. I well, bet the Chiefs yeah. to win. I bet the over fifty, and I made three of those dumbass prop bets: uh, <laughs> field goals uh, under four of those, and something yeah. else. But I won a hundred and forty, so I won four of my five bets. Thank you. You're welcome. And Good. yeah, but it's kind of you know play money, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but this thing was played in a state where gambling is legal, Arizona, which upped the ante for that and saw these people just throwing money at this constantly. Because the Eagles were not the consensus pick. Some like the Eagles, some the Chiefs. But it was so evenly matched as the end of the game you know, showed you. It was tied uh, until the very end, and this field goal won it for the Chiefs. And it was, um, it was fun to watch that entire thing. Now, football is done, and now baseball uh, is on the horizon. Pitchers and catchers report this week, the entire teams, in some cases, they're they're already there, but they'll be in full-on mode next week. So uh, there's also this story that popped up over the weekend that I kept since I have talked about this for I don't know how many years. There was a, um, a, a poll done on why we and this story just ate itself there is a national petition underway why can't we have this game on saturday and there are people that are signing it by the thousands and it it just makes decent sense yeah roger goodell who is the nfl commissioner and is a figurehead uh like the president of the country is he's just kind of there playing politics and he's when when asked this question he said well most people like to watch this game on sunday sir how do you know that if it's never right. been played on any day but sunday right that's a stupid politician answer <laughs> so and then tennessee is trying to make it a holiday on the monday after yeah. To support all the drunks Wusses. in the state, of which there are hands, hands, a bunch of babies, a bunch of damn babies. I have oh. to throw this in because it's become a comedy treat. Marjorie, trailer trash, Taylor Green is being ridiculed on social media for a change after she raved about Chris Stapleton's national anthem which was really good. It was very simple great. and basic, yeah. and he, he was just great. Uh, she praised his performance while slamming 
the rest of the pregame events because they involved black people and women. This is why people like her are giving that party a bad name. Cheryl Lee Ralph sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, often referred to as the Black Anthem, and a team of pilots that were all women performed mm-hmm. the flyover. That's awesome. Well, yeah, yeah that's cool. Really cool. I would... <laughs> but she said that the anthem was great, but we could have done without the rest of the wokeness. Oh, what, my what, God. What, <laughs> what, what is wrong with this bitch? Um, she doesn't realize that Chris Stapleton is an activist and a big uh, supporter of Black Lives Matter. He says, how could you think that they don't? Um, there's right. a broad awakening that's come around and it's time for me to listen. It's time for other folks to pay attention, says the country star. Uh, she was mocked on Twitter endlessly for the dumbass comments. Said one person that that Chris is woke as f you shrieking Harridan. <laughs> I love that. Oh, nice shrieking Harridan. I have. I, I got to work that word into conversation more often. Yes, you do. Uh, MTG is revealing <laughs> that what that, that, that when they say woke. Means I don't want to see or hear anything about non-white culture. Bingo. Yeah. They don't want to hear about people of color, people of gayness, um, or women. Apparently, based on what you said about the uh, the fighter yeah. pilots, yeah. or women. Jeez. Only white. Uh, conservatives don't want to see women fly a plane. Says one of the attackers of this dumb this this moronic person. Please say what you mean. Which is, this could all, all all have been done without all the black people. One person says, definition of woke. A bunch of scary black people singing, dancing, playing football, and sitting in Fox broadcaster chairs. If she had stopped after saying Chris Stapleton did a great job with the anthem... She can't help herself. She's so gosh damn stupid. The wokeness. Now, I don't know what this word means, and I don't know if it's offensive. Um, The hashtag uh, wokeness. This shit gibbon is referring to the Cheryl Ralph and Bibby Pace performing How Dare They Show Up All Black and Excellent, huh? (laughs) This thing is a a hateful gargoyle. What? A hateful gargoyle. (laughs) Uh, you know nothing about Chris Stapleton, obviously. He's a woke Black Lives Matter supporter. So, of course, she made the news. Um, James Carville. Some of you know who this guy is. He has uh, been a... He's been in politics with Bill Clinton, that insane liberal, of, of course. Um, <laughs> he ran his campaign. He is an analyst and has been for... I guess 30 years. His wife um, is on the other side. She's always been an R supporter, and he was a D. And this was back in a time when things weren't so out of control and stupid and mean. But Carvel is a um, uh, he he he's from he went to LSU. He is a coon ass redneck, which he will admit to readily. And he made a quote about her. Uh, and he said, um, 
I have the a, a, a PhD in white trashness. And let me tell you, she is a champion piece of white trash. <laughs> Carvel is a guy that I heard this story some years ago. He was in Memphis and he stayed at the Peabody, I think for one night. He was here for some kind of a speech and he ordered uh, some room service one time. He ordered a bottle of iced absolute vodka in a bucket and that's all. That's how he rolls. Cool. All right. God, the word woke, you know, once again, the opposite of woke is asleep, right? <laughs> right. But it's, yes. it's, it's gotten very, very blurry. Now it's just on, a lot of people just use it as a boogeyman term. And exactly. if you try to get them to yeah. pin down exactly what they mean, they would not be able to tell you. This extreme right bunch, uh, and they're as bad as the extreme left or anything I wouldn't claim either of these parties if my life depended on it. They live in fear that they're going to lose the white control, their white privilege, because of all the LGBTQ people, all the black people, all the brown people, all the Asian people. They're threatened by all of it. It's too late. Uh, this, you know, white power crap is going to have to stop. Uh, it won't, but there are idiots like her that will continue this. Uh, conti but they oh. do it. For for just to get some you know press and it works every time right but they're because, showing their asses mm -hmm. over and over again and these are the people that you voted into office yeah okay. when, whenever they do it they they fire up their base there are people that go hell yeah and some of them write another twenty five or a hundred dollar check to their campaign and <laughs> and yeah and yeah. if and they know also if it doesn't work if they somehow do get defeated in an election and their idea of it was stolen doesn't doesn't turn out for them then they've got a career as a commentator on like fox news or what exactly news or, oh, like, or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, i um uh it's an embarrassment to this party uh which has some smart people in it trying to do the right thing yeah but the ones that you know stand out this this uh, bobert chick and uh and matt getz and all these people who are so far off the deep end that it's it, it, it's not helpful to the party or the process. And some of them are trying really hard, but nobody has the balls to call her out except someone like James Carville and people that are on Twitter making their observations. What was that word that that, that chick used? Uh, Harrigan. 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 What, does it, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know, but it sounds cool to me. It sounds know. cool as so does Haint. And P.S. Anita texted in <laughs> saying MTG is an effing sea bag. <laughs> so that's a good one too. Okay. <laughs> well, we just popped the C word, but at least you didn't say the whole thing. But yeah, I won't go that far. But yeah, she's a sea bag in all caps <laughs> and a shit gibbon, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I like that. Too. That was funny yeah, too. too. Is gibbon? Well, I don't know what it is a reference to, but. Um, it's just turned into a comedy. It's it's like bad, bad theater that never ends. And we got, you know, balloons and spies and wars and China cutting up and Russia threatening to invade the Polish next. Poland is a member of NATO, which means if that were to happen, NATO nations and allies have to help them. Yes. Hello, World War III. Mm -hmm. Everything's going very well. 
Yes. And uh, I had I went ahead and looked it up. Harridan is defined. It has three basic definitions, according to uh, Wordnick. First, a woman regarded as critical and scolding. Two, an odious old woman, a hag, a vixenous woman. And three, a worn-out strumpet. <laughs> and a sea bag. Sea, sea, sea bag, oh. and sea haint. Okay, a worn-out strumpet. I love that <laughs> strumpet scallop. Oh, man. All right, enough of that nonsense. This song uh, won a, a Grammy Award for Bonnie Raitt last week. And it shocked her to her, to her, it, it was in a, a, a category for songwriters. Harry Styles and Taylor Swift and that bunch, and then Bonnie Raitt, who had her big year in 91, when she won a bunch of Grammys for the album called um, Nick of Time. She won three, I think, that year. She had no expectation of winning anything and her name was announced, and she was so shocked, as was everybody there. But when you hear the song, it's about a heart. And it's about a guy that goes in search of the mother of um, her son was killed or died in some fashion. The man who goes in search of her got her son's heart, and he lived as her son did not. And she said this was, was a song that was inspired by her friend, John Prine. And it sounds very John Priney. It is an absolute, this is a stunner. This is Bonnie Raitt. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakepaulmemphis.com. Anybody seen Kanye West? I'm worried about him. Not a no. mention for at least a month. I'm a, he's probably somewhere in a straitjacket being held down. Um, I don't know where the boy is, but um, I'm worried about him. He's in the news, uh, how much money he has lost uh, this one company. It's unbelievable. Uh, U2's in the news um, and some other entertainment type stuff. First, people are texting us um, lots of nice things. What do you have there, Sid? Make us feel yeah, good. This one says, hey there, my name is Keith from Louisiana. My son and I recently were in Memphis for a vacation and stumbled upon your station and were immediately impressed with the variety and quality of the music selection. It's a breath of fresh air compared to the crap classic rock stations typically play, and we now regularly listen via your online feed and are really happy to have found your station. Just wanted to drop you a line of appreciation. Wishing you all the best. Thanks, says Keith. All Thank right. you, Keith. Very nice. nice of you. Thank you. Tell everyone. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Joe from Raleigh says, I got. I was listening to a podcast the other day. You were talking about ultra-processed foods. I think that while there are a lot of people who enjoy that type of food, there are some that don't have cooking skills. Those people and those who are in food deserts have little choice but to go to fast food places. As for myself, I find many challenges in eating healthy on the road. Thanks. He might. Maybe he drives. Thanks to this show. Over the years, I've learned to read the labels better and go a few more miles down the road for a better meal. You might Let's be preaching to the to the choir but it's a choir that you converted keep it up says joe very nice thank you joe cool um let's see most excellent playlist this morning says someone so far is their name someone no i don't know i don't know their name they don't always tell me well thank you thank you tyler says (laughs) that's right 
Tyler says, hey, y'all, love listening to the show every single day, and I thank you all for doing what you're doing, whatever that is. Smiling, laughing face. The music is <laughs> we, great. We have no idea either. So we don't know great. yet. Right. <laughs> the music is great and is replacing my own self-made playlist. Oh. He said, he, that, which is nice. He said, I want to rec- recommend a movie. I know Drake doesn't get horror movies, and this isn't really a typical horror movie. It's called Pontypool, and it's set in the title town in Canada. And it's the story told through a morning radio show in the town. The main character somewhat reminds me of Drake, and I think you might get a kick out of it. The synopsis is the disc jockey, played by Stephen McHattie, reports to his basement radio station in the Canadian town of Pontypool. He thinks it's just another day at work. When he hears reports of a virus that turns people into zombies, he barricades himself in the radio booth and tries to figure out a way to warn his listeners about the virus. Thanks again, Drake, Wes, and Sid, for all y'all do, says Tyler. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, uh, I, I'm not I'll, a disc jockey, it, sir. I am. I am talent. <laughs> <laughs> disc jockey. Um, what else? Somebody, somebody says Happy Valentine's Day. Nice to hear you live today, as opposed to. Never mind. Um, this is like the Johnny the- Carson show. You know, you just never know when we're here and when we're not. It's or Dave or any of them. You know. Yeah. You know, Seth Meyers and Fallon take off, I think, every Friday. Um, yeah, we we just, we, you know, there's a ton of podcasting on the way. And there's a, an election uh, coming up in this city and uh, for the mayor's office and for city council. And um, we're going to have to address some of those people in a separate podcast. But I also have a long list here of musical ideas for podcasts and uh, Wes has one he'll be doing about the the freak show of a life that he has and uh, <laughs> so we'll be getting into that later on and um, our friend lawyer Bill is doing one every week with uh, interesting people like judges that should be fun and mm-hmm. other attorneys so we have uh, we have plans for that and the music and it all seems to work together and so we'll keep on doing it. Is that all that we have so far? Well, no. Speaking of music, somebody says, thanks for the Dean Martin song, guys. It brought back a nice memory of my dad. He really loved that song. Well, good. Uh, speaking of sports and baseball uh, and, and pitchers and catchers reporting, Polly says, don't forget that NASCAR opens its season this Sunday with sure the Daytona does. 500. It do, it do. Uh, Therese won eight out of her ten bets on the Superb Owl. Good girl. And Tim says, ah, Bonnie Raitt with an anthem for organ donations. Sweet. Beautiful song, man. That's it just is so chills. beautiful. It's yeah. just a gorgeous tune. Very nice. Thank you all for chiming in. We do uh, thank you for that. Uh, on the baseball note, now baseball purists like me who have watched this game for a long time, I still find it, um, once this starts, this TV up here will be, on MLB Network and nothing else. Uh, maybe CNBC to watch my all my money uh, go away. Um, <laughs> but but uh, baseball <clears throat> continually <clears throat> tweaks the game, <clears throat> as do all of the you know major sports. Baseball is the one that all the purists would like to see them leave it alone. Having replay was their first mistake, I think. Um, people aren't perfect. They make mistakes, and it's been it was fine the way it was. But we're heading toward the day, and when this when, when this day comes, it'll be a sad day for baseball. If there's no umpire behind the plate and a robot is calling balls and strikes, I'll be saying goodbye to baseball. 
uh, as each year comes in, they make adjustments to various things on the field. And they've done this now uh, in some small ways. This year, uh, introducing a number of things that I'm not sure I hate. Some of them I don't like at all. One of them is called the shift. Uh, this is what this means. Uh, the infielders um, have stats on everybody that is at the plate. What, what they tend to do, what pitches they like, what pitches that they, that, they, that they don't like, where they hit the ball, and things like that. So the infield can move around to accommodate. If a guy usually hits to right field, they will shift to the right to be there when the ball comes their way. Or to the left, if a guy is on first base, the hit and run means that the batter is supposed to hit the ball behind the runner to right field or left field, depending upon his preference, left or right. The shift is in place this coming season. So the guy that plays second base cannot leave the dirt and step back into the grass in the outfield. Um, so there has to be a player on the left of the bag. That's the shortstop mm -hmm. and the second baseman on the right side of the bag. And they can't move until the ball is thrown. They can't shift. Hmm. So oh, yeah. that makes it a little bit easier for someone to place the ball if they're that good and hit it where they ain't. Yep. Now, that's sort of, I don't know about that, but it's just, that's just part of the game. It's the best, you know, moving chess game that there is. But they're trying to, they want runs scored. They want offense. So the shift is coming this year, if I'm reading this right. Um, so they must be yeah, within the outer boundary of the infield. When the pitcher is, is on the rubber and once the ball is released, they can move. Base size will increase to 18 inches from 50. I don't, I don't know why. It, um, it causes a decreased distance of four and a half inches. So it's going up to 18 from 15. Mm -hmm. Why? I didn't How even hear about that till I read the story. Round second base and miss the bag entirely and no one ever calls it. Here's the one that will make this game move faster and is probably a smart idea. A pitch clock will be used. 15 seconds with nobody on base and 20 seconds with somebody on base. Yeah. Now that okay. will move this game along because sometimes yeah. it just drags and drags and drags. Get the ball, you know, throw it, pitch it. I mean, there's that a play clock. Okay. And... Yeah. What? Sorry, there's a play clock in football and basketball. I guess yep. they, is that what made well, them baseball start thinking about it? I don't know. No, it's because the games go on too long sometimes. Yeah. And they want an audience to stay with them for three hours. But some of these games go on forever. But, um, and the pitch clock, some of these pitchers will, you know, toss over to, to a first base four or five times to hold a runner on, you know, but they, this uh, pitch clock will change that and it'll move the game along. So, you know, maybe some good, maybe some bad. But the never-ending, just the tweaking of these pro sports gets a little bit. Uh, but baseball is, uh, there's just something about the purity of what it always has been that's being messed with. And so uh, this 
I hope to goodness they never put robots on that field. On that note, Wesley had a story here that I saw. I've been keeping all these stories about the CPGT, whatever the hell it is, um, that is in the news constantly. And it has all competitors uh, in, in big tech uh, scrambling to try to keep up with what they're doing. And it is a big deal. And they're finding flaws in this thing, and they're trying to improve it. There are already next-level next things like this that are being discussed. Uh, and Wes had a piece here about eight signs that the AI revolution is spinning out of control. Do tell, Wesley. Oh, yes. Yeah, this, it, I found this on Gizmodo, and it uh, is a great couple of examples here. First one they give is the chat GPT yep. passed a coding exam. They, they say that it's it's smart enough to get hired by Google. The uh, people who run ChatGPT uh, tested it for coding power prowess, it says, the same way a new coder is uh, recruited, and said it passed their test with flying colors. And I saw a video from a guy that uh, I watch regularly on YouTube who makes uh, tech and culture videos, and he talked about how he wanted to do something to change the way his email programs talk to each other and so he got frustrated and just used the ai that he the this chat uh, gpt to code write some code for him to make it happen and oh. it did and it took him like an hour of going back and tweaking it but he told it what he wanted it to do in plain language and it wrote the code and it <laughs> ended up working and he wow. said i'm scared I don't know mm. where we are on the tech curve for this, but everything's about to change. But back to these examples. There's a judge used ChatGPT in a legal case. As Judge Juan Manuel uh, Garcia thought it would be a good idea to use the chatbot to save time during the proceedings. He said the arguments for this decision will be determined in line with the use of artificial intelligence. And what we're looking for is to optimize the time spent drafting judgments after corroborating the information provided by AI. So... It's he's fine with letting AI do some legal work for him. There's this other one there where this uh, company DeepMind launched a tool called Dramatron, which basically is a co-writing tool tool to write screenplays. Hmm. And hmm. it's uh, it talks that about involves emotion, though. Well, yeah, but it's uh, the. AI program interactively generates character descriptions, plot points, location descriptions, and dialogue, which I guess at this point, people then go in and tweak. I would suspect, but, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they're using AI to replace voice actors. A story from Motherboard talked about how the uh, entertainment industry is trying to uh, get voiceover actors to sign away the rights to their own voices so AI programs can be used to create synthetic versions of what they say. So you know, imagine you know, Jess Harnell probably getting one big check instead of working for the you know, five or ten other projects. Well, it, this probably also will eliminate the need for actors to come back in and reread lines that have profanity in them, or um, if they want to change a line, they call the actors back in to cut the right. lines. So if this thing can emulate the voice, it cuts the actors out of some money and some work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and journalists. That's one of the other points. AI replacing journalists. The, it came to light that CNET, they are a big publisher online of computer 
stories. They have been quietly publishing droves of financial explainers using their own in-house AI program. And it turns out that a lot of those articles were, well, they had factual inaccuracies and some had some plagiarism thrown in too, just for fun. Mm, Cool. And and it says, enter the stock market for this next thing about uh, how the AI revolution is spinning out of control. And... Says the stock market hype machine is descended upon anything with AI affixed to its name, meaning that any company whose product can claim that it's got any kind of relevance to AI is going to have a big Nasdaq. Uh, it says glow up is the term. So no, it, that's, it, uh, that's really getting iffy because um, when you read the stories like I do, just for just to try to make some sense of this, uh, first of all, you're wasting your time. Because there's no sense, it, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and, and, and the S&P, you can read one story that says one thing, next story says the exact opposite from experts in the field and, you know, bank people and people from the Fed and so on and so forth. Today and Thursday are both big days for the consumer price index. That's today. Um, and uh, so these things are what change... Um, your accounts and they they go up and down based upon a few words that somebody from the Fed may may say, uh, but the inflation issues are still quite prevalent. They expect it to be hot today, which means that the prices on all things that we buy are likely still high and maybe going up, which is not good for the stock market. On the other hand, someone says, "Don't worry about it. In a few months, it'll be gone." So you can drive yourself totally insane trying to analyze who's right and who's wrong. It's an, an impossible task. Try to watch, you know, Fox, Fox Business or CNBC sometime. It'll make your head spin. But I try to do it just to learn how this works. And it's designed so you can't understand it. It makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. All I see is the balance. And I go, shit. Or, yes. Yeah. Right. And it's different every day. So don't wear yourself trying to get this figured out. I'm doing it for all of you. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, the uh, morning brief is the one that uh, wrote up this. And they say it's probably uh, Web 3 all over again. Let's hope so. Because uh, that, that didn't go. Uh, there was a big thing about the Web 3, World Wide Web. The, the, the next version of it is going to be the next huge thing. And you, and at this point, don't have any idea what it was. So that tells you a lot right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah this, this is um, um, spiraling, I think, was the word. that you, it's, it's a little bit out of control, and it's a little bit scary. And I thought last night about this and about Hal and that famous movie. Right. Um, what year did that movie come out? 2001, it's A Space Odyssey. 1969 or 70, right around okay. there. Okay. Now that was that was one of the first films to ever proclaim or to suggest that this computer knew everything. And wasn't there one of the crucial points was they they ask it something, and the response was I don't know that or something, and at a really bad time. Uh, but that was the first inkling, or perhaps not not the very first, but the suggestion that this was all coming down the pike it's here and it's a little unsettling to see how this is used um but they seem to have a lack of 
uh, common sense in many cases, and a lack of emotion. But they're being programmed by people, right? Right. Yeah, well, the AI is programmed by people, and what the AI does then is goes out, go out, it goes out onto the internet to get question or get answers to the questions that are posed to it. And, or it takes an examination of some big database, like in this example with the voice actors, if a production had a bank of voice actors saying a lot of stuff, it could tell the AI, I need a, uh, yeah. liver, a, a Liverpool accent saying, uh, let's go get some beer. Go find me that. And then if they can't find that line, they'll find a what they think is a Liverpool accent and they'll find the various words and then they'll they'll get it together kind of close enough. So human beings are about to be there. obsolete. So have a good day <laughs> with that thought. And um, right. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that, that's um, it, it, this. This really is. It's just moving very quickly. So pay attention or ignore it uh, at your peril. I have no idea. We'll see. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, it's Valentine's Day. We hope that you love somebody and that somebody loves you. And if not, uh, there's still some, some time left. Not much. Uh, but perhaps something will fall your way. Um, on that note, we're going to play some songs that are called I Love You. It's that simple. This is Drake Digital. Listen to the Drake Digital shows and podcasts. Available all the time at drakecallmemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. More to come on Valentine's Day as we pick and choose various things. Towards the end of this hour, we're going to go to as many songs as we can fit by the Beatles that have the word love in them. You won't believe how many there are, or maybe you will. No other band, I don't, I don't think, really carried on that theme like they did. And uh, we're going to... Uh, pick and choose and pull some of those out. Sid found this article. Unfortunately, there are too many abstract, strange songs and bad analyzing of these songs, but there are a few that are worth worth mentioning. Love songs that really aren't love songs. Mm-hmm. They're either kind of pervy or kind of creepy. Now, let's go back to the early 60s. Speaking of the Beatles, she was just 17 you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, let's remember that at that time, they were about 21, 22 themselves. Yeah. So it's not that creepy. Or is it? Um, cheap Trick, If You Want My Love, which is their most uh, Beatlesque tune ever, says this review of that song. We're going to include mm-hmm. that one in this. I love that um, there's a tune we're going to play after the one coming up by the Beatles that Frank Sinatra recorded and said this was the best love love song written the past 50 years. And it is, it's been covered more times than only one of their songs, which is Yesterday. So that's coming up along with the Beach Boys tune. So I guess we should kind of intro these semi-individually to explain the point. The point to the reference to young chicks um, by older men, which seems kind of, you know, perved out. But in context, and, and, and if you know what they mean, they are less pervy. Now, they bring up the tune here, Into the Night, by Benny 
Mardonis, a guy that I knew and spent time with at his place in New York. And that, that song was a hit twice. I think 81 and 89 or something like that. So um, the first line is, she's just 16 years old, leave her alone, they said. Now, this guy that wrote this dumb piece here suggests that it is a is a, a privy song and inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not true. Here's this here's the actual event that led to the song. He lived in uh, Spanish Harlem um, in a high rise kind of a building, this giant apartment. And he had his friends over to play poker once a week. And they played poker. One of his uh, neighbors had a daughter who I guess was kind of cute. And she would pop in to say hi on occasion. And she came in one night to say hi to him. And she left and going, oh man, she's hot. And he said, leave her alone. She's 16 years old. Deal the cards. Shut up. Which spawned this song, which has been misunderstood for a long time. Here's Benny's Into the Night. Listen to it in a, a kind of a different way now. All right. It ain't pervy, see? It's, it's, yeah, he turned it, it it's, it, it wasn't about anything pervy, but it could be interpreted that way if you didn't know what it was about. So that's why I said what it was about, because yeah. it's not pervy. Um, a couple of other notes before we go on to other songs that I just mentioned a minute ago. Sid's got one to do, and I have two more that are interesting tunes. Um, love songs that are, uh, that stand out, that, that, that have, uh, been around for 50 plus years, but still seem today to be quite relevant. And we'll do those in, in just a minute. I wish to goodness this was going to be a, a bigger deal. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are going on the road for a comedy tour this spring. Oh, wow. The Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Restless Leg Tour. <laughs> are you serious? All right. Yeah. Uh, oh my now, God, I want to see that. These ladies, are these are some of the funniest people on earth. Uh, Tina Fey especially, I think she is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of talent. She's special. She's written movies. She's written sitcoms. She did 30 Rock, SNL for years. Uh, Baby Mama, Sisters. Uh, she's just fantastic. And they're going to go on stage and do, I guess, an act individually and together. Uh, when they hosted the Golden Globes, they were just hysterical. And um, they joked, if this tour goes right, we can finally end this friendship. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the problem is they're only doing four gigs. Uh, in D.C., me... in April, Chicago, Boston, and in New Jersey on June 10th. Are they filming it? I, I, I would certainly... Imagine so. Because somebody will grab that immediately. So, Amy and Tina on tour should be hysterical, and um, that's coming up. U2 is doing a Las Vegas, what do they call them? Um, a residency. A residency. They're doing it, uh, which kind of sucks, without one of their members. Uh, Larry Mullen Jr. 
if you ever watched him play, and how long has he been playing drums like that? He plays really high and really hard, not unlike, you know, some of the greats, like John Bonham. He doesn't have the same big sound, but he plays really, really hard. As a result, after all these years, he has elbow issues, back issues, and he is not playing with the band. Do you have that that story, Wes? Yeah, they're they're setting up for the Octun Baby Las Vegas residency in this place called the Sphere. If I if that's if I've got that right, it's a, a new place, and they're going to be doing a bunch of dates there. Uh, apparently, because they haven't actually said what the dates are going to be yet or how to get tickets. You have to register at u2timessphere.com to get updates about uh, those kind of things. But yeah, Larry Mullen announced a a while back, not too long ago, that he wouldn't be doing any performances with the group in 2023. At that point, nothing was scheduled that the public knew about, but I guess he knew this was coming and just kind of got ahead of it. And Mm. it's for all the reasons that you mentioned. He's not quitting the band. He's just not going to you know, play with them this year. And yeah. Yeah. So they got a guy named, uh, Brian, uh, Bram Vandenberg. He's no pressure from, on him at all. Is there? No, no he's 40 years old. He's played in the Dutch pop rock band called Kresip and, and a bunch of other bands. I looked him, looked up his wiki entry and he's experienced. He is a, a well-rounded and, uh, a, he better be. A, uh, yeah, he's he's a a well known and appreciated, celebrated, I guess, drummer in Europe. You two obviously were familiar with him. I guess they did auditions of some kind too, but they have settled with him. And uh, oh, I say settled. That's a bad word. We'll find <laughs> out if they settled or not the first night. Hmm. But oh, they will. They will. They yeah. won't go out there without being totally prepared. There's just yeah, no way. So, right. Okay. So uh, that's that's what's coming go. up. And uh, I it's wonder if only this called the. Octun Baby because Tour. Because the, uh, they're going to be playing the Octun Baby album. And, and that's all? And then maybe some of their other ones, but uh, they're playing the Octun Baby uh, album all the way through during this residency. That wasn't the, that was the double album. That was Rattle and Hum, right? Right. Okay. Octum Baby was really, really good. It was a it's a oh, good wrong, choice yeah. for them to play, and uh, this is only as trivia the second time that U two has not had all four members on stage when they played a gig. Hmm. Joshua and, Tree would have been the most obvious choice. That's the one that sent them, you know, soaring into the annals of uh, every song on the album was played by radio. I think we'll see. Maybe they're gonna. Well, uh, so good luck to to Bono and the Edge and and the boys. This one I mentioned before that Kanye West, who had an incredible meltdown, anti-Semitic remarks. He he just lost his damn mind. And I think that this is a simple, it's not simple at all. This guy is obviously very bipolar. He has mental issues. He's just a mess. The thing about him that I've always found kind of of ironic, I guess is the word, is that if you've ever seen him interviewed by somebody with a brain, he's an incredibly sharp, articulate man when he's on his meds. He's on one of those interviews shows, um that Letterman did on Netflix. And the guy was very smart um, and kind and not a, not a jerk. But when he gets off his meds, he goes wandering off into, you know, Nazis and stuff and uh, celebrates Hitler. And that really is not a good thing to do. No. 
and it backfired uh, in incredible ways. The major point of this this story, Adidas, uh, they're the people that um, produced and distributed his shoes, the Yeezys. Mm-hmm. And I have to presume some of the clothing, because he had an entire clothing line. They cut ties with him last fall during one of his insane rants. Uh, footwear and the clothing. And so now they have revealed how much of a hit they may take if they can't repurpose this stuff and dump it off to somebody oh. for cheap. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose a billion three Jeez. this year. Oh wow. my gosh. As well as a half a billion dollars in operating profit because he went nuts. That's a bad look. Now, he yeah. has not been in the news for over a month. No leakage, no stories about anything. Um, so you have to maybe operate under the assumption that the boy is uh, on lockdown someplace till he gets his shit together because he, he went in a really bad place. So uh, good luck to whatever his name is today. I'm not sure he's even sure. But, uh, Mud. <laughs> there's the line of the day Uh, mud mud west what's up bro all right uh all right back to some of these uh songs we've been breaking down over the course of the uh, we're we're gonna do um uh a beatles set with songs with the word love in them that's kind of an 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 obvious thing because it's valentine's day so it's it's just easier on us to not think and just play the songs this one right here, George Harrison, let me think. While well, My Guitar Gently Weeps was George's with Eric Clapton on, on the White Album, Taxman on Revolver. Nothing ever topped this one. Frank Sinatra, of all people, said it was the best love song written in the past half a century, and Frank recorded it. The only other song by them that beats it for being covered by other people is Paul's Yesterday. This is the song. Here are the Beatles. George Harrison. This is Drake Digital. Uh, There you go. George Harrison, the Beatles, and something, one of his, I guess his most popular song ever. Uh, In a minute, we're going to play some Beatles songs with the word love in them, uh, because that's, well, that's because it's easier on us, frankly. uh, (laughs) It's about love today and all that stuff. So, guys, if you have messed this up um, or you're not sure what to do there are places to be open after you get off work so don't just you know blow this off but um, I don't know do the right thing or just go home and drink by yourself in the dark like you always do (laughs) there might be 10 cards left that aren't for your grandparents just get one that says you know to my grandpa and give it to your wife just just scratch it out and it's right or wife yeah Yeah, right wife whatever (laughs) I love you. Sure. Whatever. Um, this is one of the most uh, analyzed lyrics of popular songs ever because it is steeped in irony. It's also one of the most well-known songs by the Beach Boys. It was on the album Pet Sounds, which was a masterpiece and influenced the Beatles. And they, they kind of had an ongoing competition for love songs and production techniques and things like that. 
And when this song came out, it just, it blew everyone's mind. And it's still today very, very, it's just a, it just stands out. What stands out, if you listen to the words to songs, and some people do not, is the irony in the song, God only knows where I'd be without you. The ultimate devotion love song of all time. Which begins with the words, I may not always love you. What? But long as there are stars above you, you never need, need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. Um, but God only knows where I'd be without you. The ongoing irony has uh, been analyzed for years. But Brian Wilson, the way his mind worked, he went from place to place and sometimes got lost. But the song is one of the all-time great love songs tinged with irony. I may not always love you. I'm not sure, but God only knows where I'd be without you. Smart or crazy? It's an incredible song either way. Here it is. This is Drake Digital. All right, there you go. Well, that's um, kind of confusing, but I guess it makes sense. Um, but Brian Wilson's head was in the clouds and is still. Um, he's uh, one of the great all-time songwriters. Uh, this one, I'm looking at something here for a minute um, before I okay. let Sid tell this story. I'll make sure yeah. I'm right about this. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm still at the type of oh, Okay, yeah. Talking about yourself. <laughs> yes. Hey, sorry, read some of those sweet those, those, uh, text things. I uh, shall. I may. Somebody says. Uh, I may not always love you, but as long as there are stars above you, which means forever. Until the heat death of the universe. Okay. Until I don't love you. So I, which is it? Make up your mind. Yeah. That's why uh, men are idiots. <laughs> uh, does Chuck Berry have a lot of love songs? Todd says on topic, I submit Chuck Berry's entire catalog. Yeah, my ding-a-ling is a real love song. Dude. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Don't ever write here again. Bye. Let's talk about Philip, his dong. Yeah, that's that's love. Uh, uh, we were talking about AI, the AI stuff, and voicing uh, actors' voices and things like that. And Philip says the great thing about this AI voice acting thing is we'll never be without Morgan Freeman. <laughs> well, be the same. I think it that people won't. can do him. What show was it that I brought up some weeks ago? The black actor. I've watched way too many shows and I cannot keep them in my mind. But this cat, um, what the hell was this show? Well, on the Netflix? guy on Police Academy can probably do anybody and every sound oh, in the world. Oh, that douche. I, I, Michael Winslow, he's a piece yeah. of it. When I first okay. went to Rock 103, um, this made Bad Dog laugh every time this came up. I hadn't been there but about a week and nobody told me this, but this guy was in town doing a, a comedy club. Um, and I thought he was a dipstick from the get-go. And um, they sprung it on me. <clears throat> and I guess the club owner just brought him up to the station. And no one told me he was coming up there. Oh, gosh. And so I'm sitting there kind of new, kind of nervous, you know, still, and getting accustomed to everybody. This is like week one or week two of my stint that began in 88 there. And so they come walking down the hallway, and I see them in the hall. And so somebody came in and said, 
that Michael Winslow was there for the interview. And I hadn't really noticed they were in the hallway. I saw some people out there. And I said, um, uh, tell that, that a homeboy there ain't going to be no interview. I didn't know they were outside the door. Whoops. And so that was wrapped up rather quickly. <laughs> I was not going to have him come in there making fart sounds and doing stupid stuff. I had no plan, no idea why he was there. It's the guy that makes funny sounds from those stupid movies. Bye. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to be rude to him, but but when nobody tells in you anything, no, no, I, no, I, I don't know. No, That's... I'm not. One of the one of the worst things we've ever done in this business as radio people is having to interview comics. It's either a gigantic bust or it's great. I would say the majority of the time it was a bust. Rich Hall, remember him? Oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. He, he came in there one day, and uh, he was such an arrogant prick. It was unbelievable. And the mics go up, and he's over to my left. And he is he has the uh, newspaper open, and he is reading it as I introduce him. And That's I nice. said, do you want to put, put down the uh, paper and uh, talk to me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he have? Um, Sniglets? Remember that? Yes. He was an Vaguely. arrogant putz, and I blew him off pretty quick. But, but there were some that were just fantastic. But the ratio, slim, 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 yeah. slim. But who was Uncomfortably the good, bad. Who was the guy who was really your, your and Zeke's friend who would come in really smart, friends with um, the late, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, with uh, Jeff, what's his nuts, uh, Vic Henley. Yes. And Vic died great. Uh, oh, a few yeah, years ago. Um, he wrote, what's that fool's name? Je Jeff, He's he was huge. Help me, help me. Not Jeff Foxworthy. Yes, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh. Ah. Uh, Henley wrote the majority of his jokes. And Foxworthy had a couple of books out. And Vic wrote the majority of those. He lived in uh, New York City. And Letterman's show at NBC and CBS, what happens is this uh, comic comes out first to kind of, you know, warm up the crowd. And Vic was the backup to that guy. So if he were okay. sick, they, they would call in Vic to do it. And so Zeke and I would be in New York for the Grammys, and we'd hang out with Vic. And um, he was one of the funniest people I've ever known in my life. And um, I think that my wife and I saw him at a comedy club or something. He, he would make you laugh for an hour. And on the air, he was so funny. And he told these stories about Foxworthy and about Ron White because he was the writer for them and kind of the opening act for them. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy and all those dudes. But Jeff Foxworthy... Uh, back in the day, he was a little bit out of control. And so Vic would tell some stories on him about the time he took a dump in a <laughs> urinal in a bathroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Jeff got all sobered up and he found Jesus and he's fine now. Um, so, but I have never been around anybody who was that endlessly funny and quick. Yeah, I and remember just, him. And just a good guy. 
and I don't know how long it's been, but my wife saw this on something, and he had a heart attack or a stroke I just and dropped it up. dead. Uh, yeah, was pulmonary, pulmonary embolism in April of 2020. He was 57. Oh, he was such oh, a sweetheart, he and he so... took us around New York. Yeah, and he I uh, your stories. He tended well. I will tell this because this this is a is a podcast, and no one's listening. Um, we went to New York and did a broadcast for the Grammys, and they had about 50 radio stations from America in the Roseland. Uh, ballroom, which is a very famous place in New York, which is now I think been torn down or turned into something. But they had concerts there for years and years and years. And it was like some kind of a building that would be in The Shining. This massive architectural structure. And the stars would come around, and there were some you know big name stars there. We interviewed um, uh, Donny Osmond. That was big. He was the nicest guy in the world. Uh, J.B. Fox before he hit. Um, on and on and on. So Vic tended to like the marijuana, of course, for use for medical things only. And we were uh, going to interview him, and he came in early. And we went down these scary, dark steps to a bathroom, and it was like being in The Shining. It was this huge open place, stone pillars, and the men's room was very, just kind of scary. And I believe that we sampled something that Vic had with him. And he said, now be careful with this because it's really pretty strong. Now, th now this was a long time ago, back before we all stopped doing anything like that and um, so I think I may have sampled it then we walked back up and sat down at the table to interview whoever was coming up next and I sat there and all of a sudden if you've ever been in that position where you thought you could handle something and you couldn't and I'm in this giant room with all these people, and all of a sudden, I left my body. And I had to get out of there, because this knocked me out of my <laughs> mind. <laughs> and so I remember thinking, I've got to get out of here. And I got up and began to walk through this giant room to the front door. That was the longest walk of my life. Oh, my god! And I'm thinking, please, no one talk to me. Please, please, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to have a stroke. I'm going to, I'll be dead in five minutes. So I made this long walk up the steps and out the front door to breathe some fresh air and calm down. I turned to my right and walked about a block. I looked to my left. It's an alley. And in the alley, it's the place where they are filming Dave Letterman's show outside in the alley, live. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and who's the famous bowler? Um, they show this clip sometimes. They were outside bowling in this alley with this big pro. What's this guy's name? Damn it. Um, so I turned, and there are all these lights, all these people, and Letterman and you know, bowling dude are outside bowling. 
And I thought, my God, I am seeing things. I have died and gone someplace else. It was a trip. No pun intended. And I, I never touched that stuff ever again. Right. <laughs> that boy, you... that, that just makes me sweat to even think about it. I know. It makes me sweat to hear it. Uh, <laughs> like no, nervous as hell to the hear most it, you know? Awful, awful feeling. And I think I may have just left and gone back to the room to calm down. I, so I Vic Henley, you if you remember. <laughs> wherever you are, thanks. May you rest in peace. He was a, he was a, a lovely man and so funny. And, um, oh, where did that come from? Where did we get off on, on that tangent? Oh, one um, of the texts. The, you were talking about... <clears throat> Oh yeah. Well, the yeah. AI text, and you're talking about Stephen Michael Winslow, and then and then how all oh, the yeah. comics were most of them sucked, and I was like, well, hold on, uh-uh. there was this one guy I remember Vin. him coming in all the time. Yeah. Somebody may remember just spiral the story. from he there. Used, he used to tell the story about uh, Clint Black, <clears throat> and it, it it would have us in the floor because <laughs> he opened up for Clint Black or Foxworthy did. He was with him, and and uh, Clint Black was a really really strange dude, and would and would kind of come in and see him backstage and start to play songs for them and they're just dumbfounded going why is he playing you know fire and rain go somewhere else you're you're like you're just too weird it's a very strange dude <laughs> black was just nuttier than a fruitcake so anyway um funny uh back to some of these stories uh petty boyd <clears throat> was married to george harrison then she was married to eric clapton she is the inspiration for the song Layla. That's where that came from. So Clapton took her away from George Harrison. Now, Eric got straight because he was about to die from heroin, but he got clean. And in the 80s, he did this, probably one of his best albums ever called Behind the Sun. And this song was on it because he had fallen off the wagon during the recording of this album. And this song came out of it, and Sid has the what, the how it's being analyzed and explains the meaning of it. It's a lovely tune, but it really is kind of a sad song too. What's the deal? Yeah, if you know about his actual personal issues, uh, I don't know demons issues, because yeah, I always liked it and thought, oh, it's sweet, and they, you know, it t it tells the story of a man going to a party with his wife, and she's so gorgeous, everyone Daddy stares boy. at her, and everything yeah. is wonderful tonight. And but then he gets gets too drunk, and his wife helps him to bed, and it's still wonderful because, well, actually, it's not because Clapton had a serious drinking problem, and I guess, I did not know this till I read this. Maybe you've you've brought it up, but he was violent to her during his binges yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So just because, you know, this last sentence says just because he just because he called his then enabler something nice before he passed out doesn't make it the capper on a whimsical story. But it is a, you know, beloved it's, yeah. song you know, to mm -hmm. this day. And here it is on Drake Digital. Here are all the shows at DrakeCallMemphis.com. Warrior Bill will be here on Thursday for his segment. And any questions you have for him about your personal problems he can give you uh, some advice and direction for free that's part of the offering that uh, bill jones brings us from the jones law firm and he'll be here to do that on thursday plus he's working up some uh, podcasts that will include various guests judges among them other attorneys that do different kind of law 
and updates on what's happening around various cases in the Mid-South. So that will be Thursday. Um, other folks have texted in. What do they be saying there, Sid? Keith says, A, David Bowie did a version of God Only Knows on his Tonight release. It's where I'll I fell darned. for this tune. It's a really good as well. We'll have to find that. And he, then he Never says, ha- B. Yeah. Then he says, B, my code for Sherry's Berries for Valentine's Day doesn't work. What's up? Waiting for Drake's super snarky report. <laughs> I never ate one of those fucking berries, I don't think. Oh, my God. But well, the check cleared. God, those were so freaking good. Those are good. Um, uh, yes, they were good, but it got to be kind of a joke. You know? Just... I, appreciated the advertising and we appreciate yeah. everybody that does that on this sure. program but sometimes just the media hype around some of this stuff and these people were so uh, demanding uh they wanted every word exactly right i wanted to call them you know something else but strawberry is dipped in chocolate i guess they're out of business now right they went belly up at, at uh, some point no idea I, and, the the guy stand media we're all such such whores. The uh, Today Show just had one of the most staged, uncomfortable, tacky things. They what? they had a couple uh, come on uh, like they didn't know why they were there. Please. And he gets down on one knee to propose to her. And she did the, oh my God, hands <laughs> to her face like Taylor <laughs> Swift. I had no idea. Oh, bullshit. Yes, you did. <laughs> And then they just ran a uh, promo for Jason Isbell on Fallon this week. So nice. if you like him, and we all do, he's on the TV. All right, what else? I love him. Uh, were you trying to think of Billy Hardwick? Uh, Philip says, Billy Hardwick? When we were you maybe, of a bowl, bowler? I don't know. Maybe, because uh, I guess he was one of the all-time greats, right? But I turned and looked, and there's all these lights and commotion and one little bowling thing. And that, that might have been him. I don't know, but thank you. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, text for Lawyer Bill. Uh, what's the number? It's usually in front of me. 878-9420. Brain damage. Yeah. Sorry, I know. It's just all the love in the air has you just I, I know. I know. Yeah. I have a card that's that's waiting for me to open it later. Maybe you shouldn't. Can't wait. <laughs> I got one that's that's that is very sweet. That's good. That's we we do we we do birthday big. We don't do Valentine's or Christmas big. We do birthdays big. But I well, love getting wrong. a sweet so sweet card down. because so, well, every, that's just wrong. I swear, my I don't know where my husband goes and gets cards because they're so sweet. They're never ones you see at the store that I go to. Mine suck. His are so sweet they make me cry. I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, it's the Cracker Barrel I, cards. I don't know. <laughs> At a gas station somewhere out on summer. Um, yeah, after years go by, it's hard to hard to know what to do. But we we keep it light uh, usually. Yeah. But there are there's always some you know sweet things too. But I think that if you don't pay attention to your partner on days like this, it's a mistake. And some people just don't care, and they're over it, and that's fine. Uh, it's it's entirely your business, not anybody else's. But I think that you, um, I don't know, you keep, you, you, it's, you've got to remind your partner. But the only thing wrong with this stupid ass day is that if you only tell them that you love them with a card or something nice, 
one day a year, you're heading for um, a rough ending. You should pay attention to this stuff. You know, it's I, I, that's what I think. But oh, hell we yeah. still do Easter baskets, and we've been together for a long time. That's very it's, sweet. It, it just keeps, I don't know, it's just, you, know, you just got to remind yourself that you're lucky and you're not alone someplace with a, a gun in your mouth yet. Right. Well, that's true. Did, uh, so, Wesley, did Sherry's Berries, because I got a text about Sherry's Berries, are they around? They, they do still exist, but they, you know, it's it's more like it's Shari's Berries because it's spelled S-H-A-R-I, and I forgot. Well, that's how Mark Sherry spells her Sherry. Well, Trace says they kicked Sherry out of Sherry's Berries. Some ass wipe kicked her out of her own company, and I said, is that true? <laughs> she hasn't written back yet, though. I don't know if she's I kidding. So far, I would call, call her an ass wipe. Well, yeah, I would. <laughs> No, Thanks, somebody. Please. Oh, she sends a link. Oh, it's true. Oh, okay. One eight hundred flowers to acquire Sherry's oh. berries, according to Food Business News. Not not net. So was she found on somewhere naked or something with her boobs out? Or somebody had a bunch of money and bought her out. Or I don't know. She got tired of the berry know. business and just anybody can dip a strawberry out. in chocolate. Next. All right. What else? Well, I'll tell you what though. I'll tell now, you one damn thing. It's I'll tell you one damn thing. This is this. It's all good, right? Now I'm a salt person. I but I like sweets now oh, and again. That's not good for you. So I like. You know, I know. It's wrong. I like sweets now and again, but uh, but my sweet stepfather, who always got my mom chocolate covered strawberries from Dentstools, they are the bomb. But they put what they do. They don't just dip it in chocolate, and which is awesome too, and put it in the box. There's some kind of sugary sweet drippy like syrup in there around the strawberry in the chocolate shell that is the bomb but now i always like sherry's berries too because they just dip it in chocolate and it's just the chocolate shell and the and the strawberry both are good we'll find so you your, some and there's dip your them lesson in salt to up your sodium <laughs> yeah. intake hey caramel salty caramel i'm for it yeah no, that could do it that stuff is pretty good yeah, yeah. love it love it yeah. So what else? No, that that's I think I think that's all we got for now. But but again, thank you for texting. Text for Bill whenever eight seven eight nine four two zero and and yeah. thanks to our friend Alan his shop over Whitehaven South Haven area on Winfield. Alan's Automotive. He is my good friend. He took care of my vehicle last week. I meant to bring this paper he gave me up here. Matter of fact, I did. Um, we're gonna have him on a, a podcast too to talk about your car and how people end up with messes because they don't take care of the maintenance and upkeep on their vehicle. I was a bit late with this one, but this, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to it, um, which is what everyone does, but you need to. Um, he did the lube oil and the filter change, drained and refilled the crankcase with premium motor oil, replace oil filter, lubricate, the chassis were applicable, inspect the ACE, the air and cabin filter. He showed me the cabin filter. And it's like oh. this little accordion thing. And that's what you're breathing in your vehicle. And it was so disgusting. I thought, OMG, I should have done this earlier. Um, air cleaner element, air filter, cabin air. So he did all of this stuff, new wiper blades. They even cleaned off my windshield. Uh, thank you, James. I don't know how I was ever seeing out of that truck windshield. It was so <laughs> nasty that he... Uh, they, they, so don't ignore this stuff. Oil changes and tire rotations. 
make your car last because they expensive these days. So mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Alan, for everything. 332-3279 is the phone number. Make an appointment. Go see Alan. He'll take care of your car for you. All right. What have we missed? We have more content for tomorrow because we didn't do much because it's Valentine's Day and it, we can just kind of play around and, and uh, play songs. And here is one of the bands that lives on and always will live on. Um, they were into peace and love. Remember those days? That was a long time ago. I heard about them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Uh, so here are songs, love songs, from John, Paul, George, and Ringo. This is Drake Digital. 